The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Capp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back to Past Yet Present. Today we have a guest, Mary Beth Bendis. And I'd love to share how we met because one thing I've learned, and it took me a very, very, very long time to learn this, was how to ask for help. We're taught to be self-sufficient. We're taught to get good grades and, you know, competition, all that stuff out there. And that's really, really lovely. But a lot of us were taught not to, not only not to push and not to grab and not to, but to kind of hang back and figure it out for yourself. And while there's a lot of wisdom in that, boy, oh boy, asking for help has really changed everything. And There are so many people out there that are looking to pick up signs, looking to have the synchronicities, asking for awareness of all of this to come in. And you know what? It's okay to ask. Now, again, I never asked and I never, I realized, um, it's a little over 10 years ago when I was diagnosed with cancer and told that I wasn't going to survive. And when I got home and uh, my, my daughter recalls that how I worded it was, oh, it's okay, we're just about to go on a little adventure. Well, after I suggested that we were going to go off on an adventure, I looked at the panic in everyone's eyes. And of course, I did not share with them. My husband was there and heard it that they would uh, that they would treat me, but not to expect success, which, you know, of course, I changed doctors. Thank goodness. And um, and here I be. But looking at everyone else's fear and, you know, I was inside myself. So I thought, you know, I'm right here. I feel okay. But I realized I better ask for help. I really, and I started by asking for help for everyone else to give everyone strength and we'll all get through this. And it hit me that I had never prayed for myself or asked for help. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm allowed to channel, I'm allowed to download, and I know I get healing from that. There's no question about it. My body heals so much from being allowed to have that energy pass through me. What I realize now, 10 years later, was that I was not being a collaborator. I wasn't a collaborator with my own health, with my own well-being. And of course, I did all the mantras before I would channel, asking that it be for the highest purpose and the robe of light and all that. And why don't we do that right now? Our little protection and intention. We clothe ourselves in a robe of light composed of the love, the power, and the wisdom of divine consciousness. We wear it not only for our own protection, but also so that those who see it or come in contact with it will be drawn to divine and healed. You can bet I did it around the family every day, about around everybody I ever channeled for. 
But I didn't do it. And again, I was getting the benefits because I was, it was still passing through me. But I wasn't mindfully collaborating. So I started asking for help. And boy, oh boy, did I get help. And well, Mary Beth is one of those people that came in to help. And years ago, years ago, oh, around 2010, I had a book going and I had a lovely agent and she shopped it around and she got a two to three book deal. And when she presented it, all I channeled in was a resounding no. It just didn't feel right. And um, it's, it's interesting. It was before I was diagnosed and I let it go and realized I had this other journey ahead of me and I let the whole thing go. And as I was getting better from, from the whole cancer ride, I was writing again. And um, so when I ended the fir that first year of the heavy-duty treatment, treatment was 10 years, but, you know, the chemo and radiation, all of that was a year. So the day after that ended, I went outside and I looked up and I said to God, help me. I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to put this. I don't know how to go about it. And all the years I was upset with myself because I didn't get it out there enough because I just want to help. I think everybody, like I always say, has the ability and the expansion to do this. And we all just need the support and the camaraderie. And what I've really learned, the collaboration. When you ask divine consciousness, divine delivers. So... Mary Beth Bandes, she delivered. So I'm going to let her tell her part of the story of what happened. But I looked up and said, hey, God, I got this book. I don't know what to do next with it. Everything that has been presented was, you know, I had been offered some TV shows, and they were always about scary and that quick editing. And it's like, no, 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 no. I want this to be therapeutic and expansive. I will only work with people who align energetically and intentionally. Talk about collaboration. So I asked God for that. The next day, I got an email from this lady who's sitting right next to me. Let me introduce you, Mary Beth Bendis. Hello, Marilyn. It's so nice to be here. The way I met Marilyn was through a mutual friend, which is always the best way. I was completely blown away by her ability to read not only me, but my sister-in-law. <laughs> I had a question about my sister-in-law who can perceive people, but she can't hear them. And I asked Marilyn in, in this gathering that we had, and she just completely was able to tell me all about my sister-in-law without even knowing her. So I was like, oh, wow, she's the real deal. And I want more. <laughs> and so I had heard that she had written a book or she had a manuscript and it had been sitting for 10 years. And I said, well, I can help you. I can edit it. I'm actually a translator. I translate English and Spanish, and I've translated books. And I'm a very close reader, and I'm very, <laughs> very cognizant of, you know, things that go on in texts in English and in Spanish. And she said, yes, let's do it in trade. And so we did. I calculated what it would cost to edit her book, and she translated that into the hours that it would be. And I got as much mediumship as I wanted, <laughs> and so did my friends. <laughs> I thought you suggested the trade. Both of us are the geniuses behind this. Then. <laughs> um, it's, it's amazing to me because I knew I would have to align with someone who gets it, who understands it, and that it's a heart thing, not just a head thing. And of course, editing is so much a head thing. 
And it's interesting, but because I, um, I had a divine consciousness and the delivery was within 24 hours, I had no doubt. <laughs> and what has resulted is this remarkable and beautiful friendship, also with her wonderful husband, Hector, who is our tech guy, who's been basically working with us to get this podcast out to all of you. If you want to yell hello into one of the microphones. Hello. <laughs> so um, it's it's really been a divine convergence, but I ask, I ask, and that to me is really amazing. And I want to stick with Mary Beth, but I'm hoping someday we can have um, Jill on here because the next day after Mary Beth, I mean it was it was very amazing. The person who's now my agent asked if she could represent me. So. It's a long journey. I, I'm not sure of exactly the timeline, but every time I would ask. But on the book journey, Mary Beth is the first one who came in. But I wondered if I had the audacity to ask. You know, I mean, I channel for so many people who are going through so much. Who am I to ask for something just that I want or that, you know, well, there's a divine conspiracy going out on out there. And people, especially kids, everybody, they want to get through and they want to let us know the grand, wonderful design that embracing life and everything that's high vibration literally lifts your vibration, bringing you closer, literally, to those who are out of body. It enhances your life. It becomes contagious in terms of joy. So that's why, as we speak about this, it might sound very strange to talk about illness and Something happened that was so very interesting, and as my mentor, Ellie Wazell, would always say, I don't think there was a class where he didn't say it, there's no such thing as coincidence. So we were already fast friends and, um, and hanging out and, you know, working together and having a blast, and then, then, what happened? Then I was diagnosed with a rectal tumor. And it was malignant, and I went through a year of chemotherapy, and uh, Marilyn was by my side the whole time. She was my uh, support in terms of keeping the nausea away, too. Well, that's another story. We'll talk about that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very helpful. <laughs> my understanding is I was working through the base chakra, which has to do with family, right? With family um, to clear anger. And I'm going to go back to you, Marilyn, to explain it more clearly. Well, see, here's the thing. It isn't that I know anything I get to channel. I learn from what I channel, but it isn't like I come to this knowing what the situation is. And I like to joke that, okay, yeah, I'm channeling somebody. There's always somebody to blame. But that's only a joke and not really. But the beautiful thing about it, and I loved, you know, of course, and, and love still being so close, but it's wonderful to be able to mirror the out-of-body people that are there. Your parents were there supporting you all the way through this. And they would often come in and channel and talk about, you know, what needed to be let go, what was carried in the family, the patterns that we carry. And it's pretty complex, all of it. You know, I think I've talked about before, I got pretty sick when I was on chemo, and um, they introduced another drug. And when I finally went in and described my symptoms, 
Not that I want to make this one about me, but it's just an example of how our bodies carry. Um, We're trying to explain to the oncologist what happened with my body. And the oncologist looked at me and said, it's like you had radiation in a completely different area and you literally have burns. And Harry, as you know, Harry, my husband, he got it before I did. He looked at me and said, that's exactly where your mother had it. My mother had died a few years earlier. Um, and she had had surgery and, and radiation. It was it was not um, a genetic kind of cancer. Mine was very different. And the parts of me that were burned had not received radiation, but my body reacted that way. It's how we carry sometimes those we love. And I wondered also, you know, they talk about when we carry, we don't want to be ill at ease. And so, of course, it's dis-ease. And, you know, it's, it's so wonderful to be able to know and understand the connection so that we can let go and grow. But I think there's a tendency, at least for me, to think, what didn't I get right? What, what am I blocking? What did I not figure out? And I think with Mary Beth, it's a perfect example of how we take on and understand, even if we're not fully conscious of it, the patterns of the family and how we have an opportunity to heal those patterns and doing it cognitively, doing it with awareness, with their representation, you know, whether you have a medium hanging around or not. And of course, all of us are, and we're all downloading all the time. We really are. Um, but it's, it's really wonderful to know that our loved ones are with us and helping us. And one of the biggest, biggest things that feels connected to this situation will let Mary Beth elaborate in the manner that she feels most comfortable is we're allowed to honor our loved ones. We want to, it's our birthright. We want to honor our loved ones, but for all of us, whatever dysfunction or patterns, we're not the most conducive to health and expansiveness and and full consciousness, we should not honor those even if we honor the person who had those patterns. Because right now, right now, as we speak, as you listen, they're out there letting go of it, um, getting the wave. If you're getting a little hug, it's your loved one letting you know I'm on it. They're not stuck in the place they were. And maybe they were really evolved, maybe they weren't. But out of body, there's no choice you become more evolved. Even with resistance, the ones who resist the most are the ones that, as we talk about, if we, if you know it's going to help heal those you left behind on the earth plane, not leaving them behind, of course you have access to them, they jump on the bandwagon, will do anything they can to expand and let go of those patterns to help us let go of them so that we can be healthy. So here we have somebody in full consciousness who, you know, we've been working together, we've been channeling together, understanding how all of this works. I don't know how to put it in the form of a question, but I have, I have I'm absolutely convinced and know that your parents were very much holding you, cradling you, helping you. But as you went through what you were going through and the physical challenges you were going through, they were letting go of patterns along with you. It's hard to really explain. Want to try? <laughs> Did I set you up badly? <laughs> well, it's my understanding that I chose this path as this person on this earth. My ability to go through the healing of the tumor, which was in that particular area, which has to do with the particular dysfunction of my family, I understand. 
that I need, I, I was here willing to help clear that dysfunction for generations past and generations future. That was my understanding. And so when Marilyn, Hector, and I were sitting with the oncologist who said, this is common, it's congenital, and it's curable, and you did nothing to make it happen, I said, okay, let's just get this done. And that's what I did. And now I am completely clear. The oncologist doesn't even want to see me anymore. And I feel that I've taken a step forward in my maturity, in my understanding, in my love of my family. And I'm hoping that no one else ever has to go through this because I chose to do it for everyone. And it's an, it's such an interesting concept and it's so easily convoluted into something else. We're not destined to have diseases because of our parents' dysfunction. We're not destined to, but especially if something is congenital and comes along, if that comes along, the opportunity to collaborate with them, how did you feel that that affected you going through it? See, it isn't so much that anyone out there wishes anything bad on us. No, quite the opposite, The really the opposite. And yet when we're going through something, they are part of the team helping us to break it down and to break down the old patterns. In other words, if they were unable to be emotionally close or if they were unable to be nakedly available to you in a spiritual way, you know they're going to be doing that. They want to be doing that. And it was how they were brought up and the patterns they learned. So having something, you can say somebody takes on, you could say having something like that happen. I believe we're conscious collaborators, but it, it really is a really complicated. And, and there are some things that, you know, unless I channel it, I'm, I'm not sure. It's, it's, there's a lot of mystery still. But it was an invitation to collaborate with your parents in the letting go of what you don't need for you, the tumor, and the patterns that you grew up with, and for them to work with you in the letting go, because being out of body, and for a while they have been, letting go of the patterns that they had and understanding that, oh, okay, so they're right here. I didn't know if we were just going to be talking about you. Here you are. Your father just said to Mary Beth, I promise we'll let you talk in a minute, your father says. But it's interesting because the issues that they had, your dad is saying that he would kind of pass the buck and kind of say, oh, it was your mom. And then he realized that he kept, you know, basically a wall of intellectualism and charm and um, cleverness and and charming, all of that, but he didn't realize that he hid behind it just as successfully as somebody could do with the less popular pop, the less popular vices. And so he came to an understanding that neither one of them was willingly withholding consciously, but they didn't have the consciousness to know how. And he absolutely, absolutely thought while he was here, because he wasn't doing it the same way as your mom, that he was scot-free. And that's part of the process of his opening up with you, because nothing matters more than your kiddos. And you're not okay. And he's hugging you up and wanting to make sure it's okay. And your mother's on it because she's been healing. But the big revelation is that sometimes we do this inadvertently here on earth and out of body. But when something happens that's so traumatic, it cracks us wide open. 
So are we looking for this trauma? And yeah, we seem to be little cancer girls here talking today, but we're both clear. And it is a huge learning curve. Uh, But it isn't like we're saying every bad thought or every bad pattern is going to turn into something. Hopefully we just plow through it as we go. Once in a while, there, there are other issues. And if this comes up, and I guess it comes down to the chicken or the egg. I'd like to know what you think, Mary Beth. But they're saying they ride the opportunity to expand and help us and no longer be your father is saying, sitting on the sidelines thinking you're doing a good job. Well, we have access on a different level. And so my understanding is we on earth in our body can help them more because the energy we have is denser. Therefore, (laughs) it works faster than what they can do out of body. When I understood that, I thought... This, this is a wonderful way to serve, right? You're alive, you serve. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. And if you have the awareness and the consciousness to know that while you're healing, you're healing beyond yourself, then it just makes it that much sweeter. It's interesting when you think about it, I often think in my mind the whole biblical thing, I can't remember what verse, I'm not that good at it, but... Um, about how we heal seven generations before and seven generations after. Energetically, things really do get clear. But you brought up something so interesting. We, we, we joke we're more dense because we're in the physical body. They vibrate at a higher frequency. It's science. It's physics. That's how it works. The thing is, when we come into body, our learning curve is different because think about it now. Somebody can come in the room to you and throw their arms around you and say, I love you. If you're listening to this, you have out-of-body loved ones that are doing that with you, but you're not hearing it, feeling it quite the same way because they're not on the same frequency. They're not as dense, no pun intended, well, pun intended, you know. So literally, there is an issue where we can get something done differently and we can accelerate on the physical plane. Coming into this illusion of lack when love is contagious, you know, and love is, of course, greater than pain, which is the big mantra around here. It's interesting when you come to understand the gift of being in the physical body, and we've just talked recently about just because you're in your vehicle, just because you're in your beautiful outfit doesn't mean that you're any less. You still are the magical, mystical, spiritual being, and we all fly around at night, we all do whatever it is, but when we start trying to learn how to, I guess, how do you pronounce it, the lasso, lasso, you know, rein it in and pull it into us, I, I, how do you do it? How do you do it? And I realized, and I got knocked over the head with how beautifully magnificent it is to not know how to do it and just look up and ask for help. Did you find that you were doing that during your treatment? Were you able to see your parents? Your father says it's interesting. As he was breaking down his persona so that he can get to his true consciousness and authenticity and not hide at all, which was really, he didn't know he was. But it's, it's, he was wanting to and looking for ways for you to ask for help. How did that go for you? When you're that raw going through chemotherapy, everything is on the table. And so you're able, because you can't do anything else, 
I know. <laughs> you're able to elevate your mind, right? Because when you're living in your mind, you're not seeing all of these things. And so if you're listening to your heart and you're listening to your gut because you're in trauma, as Marilyn has been putting it, then you can feel more. So I know because people were telling me that they were praying for me on the earth plane. I could feel buoyed, yeah. right? I could feel like I was on a hammock or in the air or in the water being buoyed by their prayers. And so if I was aware of that, all the more so would be for people out of body. I did kind of go through all of my immediate family and do a clearing, right? Because I had given myself to do that. And, and I understood that my experience was going to be of help to them too. And they could in turn help me. So it's reciprocal. It's not one way. When you ask for help, you get help and you're also helping them. Right. You're giving them the map. And they're they're watching and knowing anyway, but it's in the allowing. And you know, the mantra I do before I channel is you know, part of it is help me to accept what does come in, help me to accept what does not come in. And sometimes I know that the out-of-body people are planting the seeds that will be the Eureka moment. I don't have to be witness to that, but it has to be for that person at the best time. And it feels like vulnerability opens us up and it's like this kind of time release where we're allowing so much more in. What I've been going around in my head, I, not lately, but um, you know, going through fearful times like that, the old lyric was Janis Joplin, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Oh God, I think when you're, you know, and, and um, another song, John Batiste put out a song called Cry and um, I never heard anything that describes the not knowing what to do when you're going through it. There are ways that we can process with it through beauty and with sound and with art and raise our vibration. And it literally brings us to the arms of the ones who love us and who want to help us. So anything we can do on the physical plane, introducing that is wondrous. And they're actively working with us to do that. Could you feel them as you were going through things? Could you feel, you know, because I, I remember going with my mother, my mother, and she's out here listening, I better get it right. She had dementia and she was pretty much blind and um, and it was in a very awkward place in the body where she needed it. Now you know where I had burns. But, um, and, and getting her on the table and so, and the nurses and, and the techs all knew we made it a dance party. We had so much fun. They put on 40s music. We would dance and we would sing. One day in the middle of all of it, she just stopped, focused her eyes on me, which, you know, she, she didn't remember who I was usually, or, you know, she used my, word, my name once in many years asking me where I was. So it was kind of a, a nice thing, but then, uh, um, but she stopped and looked at me and said, I know exactly what you're doing and thank you. I know. Our soul always knows, but when we're in the heat of whatever it is, whether we have dementia or not, and I, I, I think maybe she was allowed that clarity because of the vulnerability of the mind, so it was able to come in. But when you're practical and as brilliant as you are, I, I find that, you know, 
We're all so smart. The smarter we are, the harder it is to let the brain go and allow the knowing. So as a pragmatic person who's, you know, an academic and a teacher, how they were teaching you, but you were teaching them at the same time. And at what point did you understand, other than just hearing the channeling, the feeling inside you where it was the lowest chakra, but then the heart is opening up, the gut is opening up, this is what they're channeling in right now, and full collaboration with the family, with your parents, with all the hiccups and all the things they feel they didn't get right, but all the forgiveness that they're trying to allow themselves so that they can love you fully and be present fully. I ask you questions, but then they kept channeling in, and your father says, but isn't that the way he was anyway? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they're telling me in my head what to say. (laughs) he's laughing but it's so it was a visual so the confirmation of what you're feeling to me was a visual when I was going through treatment the center where I was getting radiation which was UCSD in Encinitas San Diego had a center for healing that offered acupuncture and I took full advantage of that. I would get acupuncture basically once a week because it made me feel so much better. I don't know if it was the acupuncturist because we had different ones, but one of the times I had acupuncture, I was relaxed and lying on the table. And when the acupuncturist left the room, I had the most amazing vision and it was, I was brought up in the Catholic faith, and I, I do believe in Catholicism on the outside or on the other side. <laughs> the church now is not so good. But I had a vision of my mother and I embracing and the Virgin Mother embracing us with her blue her blue mantle, right? And it was the most compelling vision of my healing, my relationship with my mother that I ever had. And since then, I've had other visions also through my mother of beautiful things happening within her belief system of Catholicism. So I think that to me was the strongest confirmation of the healing that she and I had achieved through this process. It's interesting because your mom is right here and says, you know, it's, it's amazing. One of the most important things ever spoken is forgive them. They know not what they do. And your mother is, she's hugging you as we're talking. If you're getting the wave, I am. And she's saying, She didn't understand what she was doing, and sometimes, especially with the patterns you're taught, if you feel like you're not enough or you're not good enough, you pull back and you don't even understand, like the intention is good, the intention is love, but you're so afraid or have self-esteem issues or whatever past is holding down your heart. The intention is full-on love, but then the inability to bond completely because of whatever is in the way that somebody has been taught. And... It feels as if the whole thing about forgive them, they know not what they do, 
your mom says she knows that you've always had that in your heart. What you helped with, her, you, her getting it for herself. She hadn't yet forgiven herself until she could forgive you. And it's one of the many ways we can help them. How the relationship is reciprocal. Is heaven still heaven? Are they out there and okay and watching us and have access with, to us? Absolutely. But some of the patterns that they perpetuated, just like you can imagine, we are here. If we see our kids act out or do something in a way that, you know, oh boy, there's my, my voice coming out of their mouth and that wasn't good. Um, it's an opportunity, an opportunity to heal that. Did you have awareness of this at this time? Could you feel it happening and opening up like a gift? Yes, absolutely. There was no other way to see it. That, that was the healing made visual. And I still, of course, can see that vision in my head. And you have to have compassion for those who came before you who didn't know what they were doing, right? And they were also receivers of maybe dysfunctional loving. Absolutely. I love how you put that. That's a very important way to put it, dysfunctional loving, because the intention is to love, but whatever you've been taught. So... It's so interesting as we forgive others, and I, I see this pattern out there, somebody out there will be so upset at themselves when they look at their life review, but then they'll look at the parent that perpetuated that, that they swore they're not going to be like, and yet, of course, you know, comes out of our mouth or however we do. You know, sometimes, you know, what rolls downhill. So when we think of the forgive them, they know, know not what they do, we have to do it with ourselves along with those who went before us. And I think that's part of the purging of whatever is ill at ease inside us and allowing the love. I mean, we read and hear about so many cases where people who are not expected to be okay. And, you know, I, I hope with the New Age thought that people who are not able to stay, they don't feel like failures. We all have a different thing going on and there's so much of the mystery. And I think that we can have, oh, Amir just came in, um, Amir Allen, Allen in the book. Is, as we said, we had to change his name for that. Um, so he's, Allen, we'll call him Allen. Allen is talking about even though he came to the realization that he would be going out of body, it didn't change his desire to collaborate with divine consciousness for himself, himself to understand, but also to be able to reach out to everyone telepathically while he was still here and, and to assure him that he could do it after he went out of body. So we're all wanting that expansion in so many ways. And it has to feel so interesting because here we are with, with our loved ones in this case, who some of the patterns that we're breaking down have been out of body for a while and their parents, it's, it's very different. Um, and, and sometimes, and, and thank God you were told that you would be staying. Um, I was told, I was told it was my fault, by the way, and that I was too stupid to really understand that. Oh, she was a doozy. So, um, but at any rate, you know, it, it taught me how to stand up for myself and say, no, I don't think we'll be going with you. And I found the most wonderful, wonderful surgeon. So I think opportunities come in for us to learn and cut our teeth in the way we need. How did that feel for you sitting here? They're swirling around you, they're near, but no one on the earth plane is really going through this experience. And you're kind of a pioneer with the dissemination, the taking apart, I hope I use that word correctly, of understanding the patterns 
bringing them to light and healing not just your body, but healing heart and soul, collaborating with your parents. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but what more can I say? <laughs> well, you know, I know nothing. I just channel. So like you said, your dad, they're, they're okay. here yakking away. Let's let you talk. <laughs> How do I know that I've, that I have that collaboration? Is that the question? Yeah. At what point did you begin to understand that? Wow. I think you've always known something's going on. I've with always your faith. known. Right. I've always, I've always known. I've always been intuitive. I've always felt and I've seen, and it's, gone from being, oh, wow, you know, woo, woo, ghosts, to being, okay, you're here, thank you, how can I help, what do you need, <laughs> or what, what do you need to tell me to help me? Um, synchronicity is, is one of the ways. So while I was going through, no, this was before I started um, the treatment, you and I, Marilyn, were full-on watching things happen with synchronicity. And we still do that, but it's, it's not as exciting anymore because it's become normal. And it's so... still exciting. <laughs> synchronicity um, it was one of the ways I was finding confirmation that if you think of us all on one energetic plane, some of us are in body, some of us are not, how do they get through to us? Well, they guide us. Yes, they do. <laughs> they guide us. And if we're aware or we can accept it, we can relax into it, then things like that can happen. And so here I am, you know, going all on, on and on about synchronicity and a beloved niece of mine who tries to understand me <laughs> sent me a book by Richard Rohr, the Franciscan priest, that completely explains synchronicity within that mentality, right? Within that thought process. And so it was fun to see that. So the next generation is listening too. So we can, if we can be conscious of that consciousness that is out there with us, sometimes Things like that happen through our density. It's interesting because when you align yourself to be open to it or ask, your dad is saying that everything opens up. And I got a flash of sitting in a classroom. You know, we've been in those those study halls where it's a huge amount of people. And if you're sitting with your head in your hands and bored and barely listening, you're not going to get the same benefit as when you're really paying attention and so it's like, you know, and being inspired. And can you imagine being out of body and trying to get our attention? And again, heaven is heaven. They know that we'll all be okay. But, you know, heart-wise, you know, it's, it has to be, I would assume, a little frustrating when, you know, we have so much love to give and we're looking around, where do we put it, you know, and we want to carry them or do for them. And when we just allow the collaboration of letting it in just letting it in, think of the joy they have. So I think your consciousness going into it, they're laughing out there. You know, you made that, I asked God, they made that offering, you know, helped you, you made the offering in terms of that, but they were already sowing the seals for a whole lot of other things. They wanted to be able to come through before that experience, before going through the, the health challenge, so that it could go that way with full consciousness. 
And your dad is saying, it isn't like you're getting punished for my lack of consciousness. And he says, but I was kind of a pain in the neck, wasn't I? And, and it's interesting. It isn't to reveal how their good intentions were, were not the best that they could have been. But, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and we're taught so many things. And the important thing is to remember, it is the intention. That's what it comes down to. So you break down, and, and, and you're going through this vulnerability. And when you open up your heart to listening, and your mother says, even if you're still angry mentally, that's the whole thing, allowing your soul, it's, it's say, because the soul knows that if you're angry in your head, it's just going to be harder to let go. And it doesn't mean we can't be righteously angry, and there are plenty of things we should be angry about. It's not a judgment in any way. But it's about a softening, and it's about an allowing. So, ah, your mother just said, so maybe on our end, we've been asking to be allowed to help you in the manner that is best suited for you. And you help us by look up, looking up and saying yes. And, you know, what, what I started talking about is looking up and asking and saying yes. And it's like, you know, I was brought up with, and I'm, I'm in a different faith. I was brought up Jewish, and I love every, I've had Mary experiences, and I love Jesus, and I love, you know, Sai Baba, and, you know, I, I love everybody. To me, it's all, it's all God, and it's all divine consciousness. But the audacity to ask, who, has, who am I to ask for help? And I, another thing that's been coming up recently, I've had a series of accidents and, and illnesses, and I was brought up with, God will punish you. Don't worry if we don't know what you do, because God will punish you. And I thought, wow, you know, for a bullied kid who didn't think she got a lot of things right, that God must really not think I'm worth very much because I'm getting beat up and sick all the time. And we carry these fallacies, we carry these patterns. And I just looked up and I thought, wow, this is really funny because it seems like a duality. I've had a conversation that's super friendly with God all along my whole life, kind of like Tevya and Fiddler on the Roof. And I thought, that, that just ain't right. And I looked up and I got, no, that isn't really what we do here. But if it's your belief system, I'm going to go out there and trip over my own feet, which I often do, and break a bone. It's interesting when we let go and truly, your father just laughed and goes, there she goes running off at the mouth, but I'm channeling. Um, but, but one more thing to say, when you ask for that help, they want to align with us and help us let go of a fallacy that we might be perpetuating with our mind energy because the soul and the heart know better. And when we allow ourselves that and forgive ourselves for not getting, I love my Angela when she says, you know, when we know better, we do better. We have to forgive ourselves for not getting it right, right away. But it's inevitable that we forgive the people that perpetuated the patterns. How are you feeling with your parents these days, as opposed to years ago, with their energy? Oh, at peace. Completely at peace. Your father says he's still charming and good-looking and jokes around and has <laughs> fastidious taste in music and in humor and in all those things. But he's not hiding behind them for people to think that that's his persona. And one of the things he loves most is that you're so brilliant and so good at so many things, but you've never, in, in, that I've seen, and of course I'm channeling him and he's saying, you've never hidden behind that, the intellectualism. And that would be, maybe that's why you understood that it was something that through your health challenge, you could break things down and understand the need to understand that goes beyond the mind. 
Yes. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. I mean, we talk about all these really heavy-duty things, but opening them up and exposing them to light, it's all about the healing. And I know, and I can feel your parents, how happy you make them by collaborating. And your father says, and your mother just opened her arms, that at times you did rest your head there. And that was what, I'm getting the wave, I wonder if you are, that was, it's all about healing that bond. The birthright is the parents are there, but of course we all know people are people and we, we have what we were taught. And so we perpetuate these things not knowing that we might clam up or, you know, people, I, I see it and hear it over and over again, people who are so well-intentioned and magnificent getting upset at the life review. Why didn't I hug them then? Why didn't I do that then? You were open and willing, and you were pretty conscious about that in your life, yes? Yes. And you knew that they were with you and wanting to collaborate anyway. So it isn't like, oh, gee, let me get sick, you know? I mean, when I got sick, I, I looked up and I thank God for the cancer, and yeah, I know, that sounds nuts. And I, I thank God for the learning curve, but then I handed back the cancer. See, I'm not stupid, totally. I said, I'm giving you back the cancer, but I'll take the learning curve. And I think there's a willingness to learn, but lately, and a few friends have mentioned this, we've probably said it to each other, let's ask for it to be more gentle. <laughs> let's ask to not get knocked. I, I must be a very dense person. I keep getting knocked over the head. But you know what? There's no animosity. It's all been whatever it takes to learn. The thing is, I, I, I'd love to hear what, you know, what, what do we come away with? There's so much. But from my point of view... Um, rep, I rep the parents out here. They're talking about how they've taken responsibility to expand and they were able to bring their energy to the earth plane to help you in ways that, of course, they would want to if they were here. They couldn't physically make soup, but to hear, here to help you in any way they could. But to allow the softer them that has gotten rid of what they hid behind the ego, the fear, the self-medicating, any of these patterns that people take on, once they process out there, they want to be so available because we're soul family. They love us. They want to. And you allowed it. So you know what I'm hearing from out there? <laughs> they asked. They asked. The whole thing today is about we can ask. They're asking. So if you have somebody out there who loves you and you need some help on the physical plane, on the spiritual plane, on the emotional plane, don't hesitate to ask. Um, a wonderful friend that, in fact, um, she is the subject of the book that Mary Beth did, did do, and that's going to be the next one, I'm pretty sure, um, to come out. She once talked about that when she talks to God or when she prays, she says, I don't even know how to ask or what I even need. You know me better than I love myself. Or, oh, it was supposed to say no. Malaprop, malaprop, like I've said before, has always been my favorite word, and now I understand why. Whatever's coming through, they can change in a second. So malaprops are very, very valuable. What I was going to say is God knows better than I know myself, and God loves better than I love myself is what came in. And that's the important thing. Divine loves us in ways that we can't understand, so maybe you don't know how to ask. I didn't know what to ask for. I mean, I, you know, I started asking like, okay, I really want to see, be here. The kids are terrified. We had a couple of birthdays while we were waiting for the horrible doctor to schedule surgery. And of course we switched, but, um, 
I could see in their eyes, will she be here next year? And, you know, you don't know how, what, what the, what God has in store, but you know what? I learned how to ask, but I also didn't know what I was asking for a lot because that's the mind. And I figure whatever it is that I would ask for, God has a better plan, a broader plan. And, you know, divine consciousness knows our soul and knows our needs beyond what the mind can capture from our own need, because we're in the body. And we have this magnificent opportunity for accelerated healing, like Mary Beth went through, to really, it's on the line. How vulnerable will we be? And I really, truly believe while we're growing through challenges like this, it is when we are the most fertile for downloads and expansion and healing the soul along with the soul family around us. I think we just said last time, don't forget what makes the flowers grow. God spreads it around. Divine consciousness spreads it around. Not because God is punishing me. I'm I'm still working on getting over that. Um, But you know what? I don't think that's how that works. But the challenges are, like we said, freedom's just another word. When you have nothing left to lose and you're really at that point of vulnerability, who are we? And will we allow their help? Yes. So it was it was difficult to learn the lesson to ask. So going through cancer taught me and you oh yeah <laughs> that it's okay to ask. And once you do that then there's a switch in your heart because you know it's okay to ask. It's not an imposition. They're not going to be put out. It's okay. And I used to ask you <laughs> <laughs> for your mom's or no Harry's mom's soup recipe and that kept me alive I mean that was and I in another life or before this I wouldn't have asked because how can I ask somebody to go through the trouble of making something for me but no you did it with so much love and it it was part of my healing Look at how the religions are so perfect together, because if you're Jewish, you want the opportunity to do a mitzvah, and I was, which means a good deed. And I was brought up that if you go to someone's house, you'll be dying of thirst on the floor if they offer anything, no thank you. If you go, if they take you out, order the cheapest thing. I was really taught that over and over again. It was about being polite, and you just don't take up too much space. What a big thing to get while we're here instead of once we pass. What a wonderful thing to feel now because I keep saying to my mom out there, I I know you were taught that. I have no problem with her teaching me that. It's what she was taught. But yeah, can we like have a whole bunch of ice cream now and and put anything we want on it? And, And because you know what? It doesn't take it away from someone else. And that was always, you know, who am I? A friend of mine once said this really wonderful thing. She said, if you don't ask for everything, you're giving God a limitation. And boy, did that slam me into the wall. Doesn't mean it gets past my brain. Like I said, just because I channel doesn't mean me, Marilyn, that I have it figured out. I have to remind myself, you're pretty much living that at this point in time. And it's amazing. Yeah, I'm still working on some things, though. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we have to allow ourselves some knee-jerk reactions sometimes. As long as, you know, it's funny because I hear it over and over again with channeling. And of course, I don't remember the content because it's personal, but I asked to remember the lesson. And we get a knee-jerk reaction sometimes. And 
I've been trying to remember and teach myself to observe, like turn and look at myself and laugh because at least now I can recognize it. Before I wouldn't have. And that not asking for soup would have been something that neither of us, I think, would have recognized that we were doing. It wouldn't have even been in the consciousness that it was an opportunity to do. And, and making soup made us so happy. <laughs> and that meant all of us had soup too. We made lots of soup. It's an opportunity because we all want to take care of each other. And oh, I don't need to tell you how many times um, this Mary Beth kept, kept us alive and been bringing food during the trials and tribulations we've been going through. And uh, no, we don't want to keep those trials and tribulations going just because everyone's nice to us, although it's been pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, I think it's okay to be healthy and vibrant and, and dance and sing, but allow the help in. And, you know, I realize something, somebody out there is laughing. You don't want to frustrate the people here that want to take care of us and keep saying, no, no, no. I get it now. I get it that they want that opportunity. But isn't that what we're saying about our out-of-body loved ones? There it is. There's the whole lesson for today that all your wisdom and all of it brought is the invitation as above, so below. We're in it together and we're walking a parallel path. And I see you with your father on one hand and your mother on, on the left hand, your father's on your right hand, and you're moving forward, parallel walk together to healing. And Hector, your magnificent husband, standing in front of you just with his arms open as we just rise up and continue healing. And the animals, the animals always react, you know, they've got some of the coolest animals. And we both have hand, you know, housefuls of animals that have incarnated. We've talked about that before. And that's really fun, too. Anything else you want to share? Like the bottom line is no matter how hot and heavy and scary, there's joy in it. But of course, if you're sitting here listening, there are people you love who are out there. And one thing that I've really learned through channeling, even if it's scary and tough, whatever it is they're talking about, even if they're reliving or talking to you, not reliving, but telling you, and you might be reliving what might have happened here, the energy is joyful, the energy is high frequency, and that's part of what we allow in. And I'm told that you were in such good hands physically, right from the get-go, who, you know, they didn't want to scare you and pull a power trip and all of that stuff. I, I had to learn some boundaries like, okay, lady, out of my face. Um, and I, I didn't know how to, I would do that. I realized at the time I'd be an advocate for anyone in my family, myself, no, because I would just, no, no, I'm on to the next. It taught me to do it, taught me to, to include myself. So yeah, maybe that was how it needed to go. But with yours, it was collaboration right from the beginning. And there's something incredibly inclusive about allowing the help from every level without any negativity, nothing to hide, everything out in the open. And it feels like your father is saying, that's what we wanted with whatever our dysfunction was, because when we have these little dysfunctions, and sometimes they're not so little, the family works very hard at hiding it. So the whole thing about yours was full disclosure, and you had full disclosure from the moment you were diagnosed. And that was part of the healing, but it was part of the healing that, I don't think we put this together before now. And your father's laughing, he goes, well, we're going to give you a juicy nugget while you're doing this, you know. I, I did not anticipate that. I'm busy malapropping, you know. But he's saying right from the beginning, there was a letting go of pre pretense, a letting go of the past. Oh, people who have this, you know, 
what I had and how it was diagnosed was it was the kind of big C that you, you croaked from and that was it, you know? Um, when you're going into it with a different spiritual feeling, emotional feeling, and physical, physically feeling that, he's your dad is saying that was how you went into the collaboration was fully knowing that you could do this and that it didn't feel like your life was at stake. It felt like the biggest goal was the release of the pain and the anguish in the old, but not the release of the spirit from the body. And it could be scary because sometimes we might not be able to differentiate. But he's saying it was gentle even though it was scary. But it was always in alignment with truth. But wasn't that what they needed to prove to you that they could be trusted with? No holds barred. Yeah. No. And Full exposure. They were offering their vulnerability. Yeah. And he says, so everything, sometimes when you line everything up, it makes sense. Yes, it does. And I'm grateful that you were able to physically witness it because oh. you heard the contrary. Yes, that, it was very healing. I was um, blessed to be allowed to come with on that appointment. Thank you. And hear a doctor who has good things to say. And I can tell you, you know, Harry's, we're, we're gearing up for, you know, procedures and things like that. And we have doctors who are so pro, you know, you want to talk about the real meaning of pro wanting people to leave their lead their grandest grandest most expanded life and and that's with encouragement and you know i found that going through the cancer time of the the year the heavy first year of treatment i would have to find only uplifting things and that's when you know social media all of a sudden i only look at it to see other people's grandkids and you know and look at happy things and and stay away from you know the more scary things but allowing yourself to go into that space of expansion and a feel-good story, it's like you're spoon-feeding yourself something, whether you do it you know, on the TV or music or culture or whatever it is, the, the garden, they're spoon-feeding that to us. They're literally picking the flowers. They're trying to get our attention. Picking the flowers and holding them under our nose, smell them, expand, be joyful in this space. This is how we collaborate. And the more we open up to that, the more we expand, the more they can get in there with the communication and the ways that we want to heal together. Notice how I always think I'm going to say a sentence, but then they just come right in and elaborate. But it's, it's hinging on the things you're bringing up now. And I know that it's fun because there are some things we haven't covered yet. So we're, we're sharing this together. Your dad is giggling and he says, well, you know me. He always likes to be a pioneer and get like he, he always thought of himself as cutting edge. And your mother just waved at him and said, oh, please. And she's like, it's so cute because they're learning how to support each other in ways they didn't know how, because they both, your mother says she wants to suffer. She, she says we both in quotes suffered from the same malady, but mine was not, um, you know, his, he wouldn't bat an eye because he was charming. But we were both avoiding because we're scared. And we had been both taught to be a certain way. And we wanted to give, we love, you have no question that you're loved. But how we were taught to love is limited by the way we're taught to love ourselves. And that's why that golden rule of um, 
treat others the way we treat ourselves, we better treat ourselves the way we want to treat others, because it's only with that inclusiveness that we can really be collaborators, whether we're all in body, all out of body, or some in and out, because that's what we do. It's available and the access is there. And I often think, I can't imagine going through life without, you know, I don't know the answers, me, Marilyn, they're all laughing out there, because, you know, I know what they tell me and what I see. And I know they haven't, they've been very careful not to blow the circuits, and I'm very comfortable with going at their pace. And I think that's why I'm allowed. And I think that's, it makes it easier on the heart. But I can't imagine if the mind takes over for somebody denying yourself that support. And I have to believe, and I'm told they're cheering out there, and there's a lot of kids out there and parents and all kinds of people cheering. They're helping us nevertheless. You think your mind is a blockade? It's it's like you, you, you go over a speed bump in the road, it might, might go kathunk, you might even hit the bottom of your car, and it might hurt, and you might cause yourself a little you know damage in the physical because you're just not allowing. You think they're not helping us? The soul knows, and the soul... I watch people when I channel for them, and, and they might be mad at somebody, but as I'm channeling that somebody who's right above their head, their auric field goes out and merges with theirs and hugging them. And it's a light show, even though the mind might say, oh yeah, until he apologizing, apologizes, we're, we're not doing anything. The soul goes for love. The body, we, we've, you know, the surgeries, the chemo, the body wants to heal itself. The soul wants to heal. So even if the mind isn't aligned, but if you're listening to this, you're already aligned with the vibration. You already know you're already doing or else you wouldn't be drawn to this. So what we're doing today is to raise all of our vibration and help all of us become and, and continue to be super comfortable with it and take that deep, deep breath and open up and remember, and one of the best quotes, and it was Casey Kasem back in the whenever, you know, if, you know, keep your feet on the ground and your head in the stars, and I'm sorry if I misquoted you, sir, but that's what it is. We stay on the ground, let go of the anger at ourselves, which will help perpetuate our allowing the letting go of the anger of the people who came in and perpetuated the patterns themselves. This is how we're allowing the love to come in. We are worthy. And they're realizing when they see a life review and they're very angry at themselves, and most of us are well-intentioned. We're not talking about, you know, high crime and, and, and people who have purposefully hurt other people. For the most part, we're a lovely lot of souls. It's aligning with that highest intention. And when you're able to do it, Mary Beth, at a time of such fear, what stamina, what a decision, and what a gift your father says to your parents. Now, of course, to the generations coming up as well, and everybody around you, friends as well. But what a gift that you opened your arms when maybe that wasn't how you felt when last you, last you were together with them on the physical plane. But like I say all the time, they channel in and say, this is what I was like, and this is where I am now. And you never heard me talk like this, but this is what I used to be, but my heart is open now. How do you feel about that transformation? Did you feel that? Or were you aware of it as they were coming? And I think you got that before the diagnosis very well, yes? Yes, well, through my father's grandfather, I have the genetics to withstand this in the physical world. <laughs> my great-grandfather was strong as bull. <laughs> 
it's so funny because we channeled and there was some genetic stuff that came up that there were reps of other religions out there and it came to pass yes, it did. that we found out through these DNA things are a lot of fun. But we have to remember also that um, spiritual DNA is stronger than the physical. The physical is important, but they dance together. Epigenetics, it's all there. How does it feel with your healing to know that you've helped heal them by aligning your healing with them? I know I'm aligned in body and out of body. I know I have a soul, so I know my soul is beyond my body, and I can be connected with those who have souls also, whether they're in body or out of body. We live in a culture that is so individualistic that once you understand the collaboration, the community, the love that is layers and layers and layers in and out of body, the whole idea of being an individual kind of gets shrunk. So you don't lead with the idea of being an individual. You lead with the mutual benefit to all. You lead with who you are coming in to a situation knowing that because you're open and aligned, that community is going to come along with you. And it's always for the greatest good because that's what you ask for. That is, to me, the magnificent truth. And isn't it, wouldn't you say that, that when we say, and Shirley MacLaine, I think, got in trouble for it many years ago for saying we are all God. Isn't this how we align with and our God, the manifestation of whatever name you give it, Hashem, Christ consciousness, you know, there are, I don't know all the terms, but we're the Buddha, Muhammad, all that beauty, isn't that the intention of the all? And isn't that the way we become unified because that's the soul's intention to heal all and that nothing should separate us, last of all, fighting over what we call God. I, I often think sometimes that, you know, divine consciousness, if we're punching each other out because one of us wants to say mommy dearest and one, one of us wants to say mom, mom's not going to be happy, you know? We, we don't want to fight over, we have discrepancy about something so literally divine. So when we collaborate with our healing, isn't that divine intention alive within us? So we are godlike in our sharing, and we're all instruments of divine healing. And I'm told to say, as kids are jumping up and down with you right now as you're hearing this, and other people out there who are listening, out there, your out-of-body people are gathering whenever you do something like this. Talk about them, celebrate them, think about it, hug the dog. They're here looking for that higher vibration. They're jumping all around with the collaboration. And as dreadful as it might have been, and I've talked about the concept that getting stuck in a moment and, you know, maybe how they went out. And of course, those memories are there and we need to grieve on the physical plane. The reality is they are with us and wanting us to collaborate in that higher vibration because they literally get to expand the conversation and help us, which is what Mary Beth's parents so desperately wanted to do, and they would have been doing it, any, it anyway. And I've also felt what Mary Beth talked about at the beginning, feeling prayer around you. I've been through things where I felt like a cocoon wrapped around me, 
whether or not the person believes it or is open, and and we suffer on other people's behalf because oh, I wish how how I wish you know when I when I'm done channeling, I cry on my own time. It's so heartbreaking. But I wish everyone could see what I see and hear. And and you are, and you do, and you're getting it, and you have. We all have this, but. It's it's hard enough. It's so hard anyway, but when we align to help them help us, we're aligned uh, we're aligning with their intention and it allows up to open up and receive. It's about allowing, it's about receiving and letting them make the soup, <laughs> letting them bring it because they are overflowing with the soup for our soul. And uh, yeah, I know there are books out there. Wow, that, that's a good name you came up with for those books. So yeah, that came in Soup for the Soul. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, I, I can, oh, Jack, yeah, that you came up with. Thank you for that. It's, it's really magnificent how we lift each other up. And you know, those books are great for just lifting yourselves up. I remember at a time where times were scary, you read those books and there, there's one for every occasion. You open it up. And there's a happy story to remind you of the synchronicity and the collaboration. So I have a feeling I was supposed to bring that up. So if you need some of that, along with the music, along with nature and doggies and kitties and birdies and and and, and buggies, because, you know, it was interesting. The other day I was channeling and I literally, they were having me channel for someone how powerful she was. And, and they, they grabbed her little finger and they said, there's more healing in your little finger than, than most people understand in, in a lifetime. And then I felt a ladybug walking on it. And then I could feel it expanding to her whole body that she could come into understanding her abilities and her expansion. So I think there's a ladybug for everybody just letting us know, go for the joy, go for the sweetness. Because, you know, we all know about mosquitoes and cockroaches. There are insects that are really sweet and beautiful and here to remind us. And again, there's such a wide gamut here on earth. That's why we came. Why is it so difficult? Because healing is contagious. Sweetness is contagious. And Mary Beth, I can't thank you enough, not just for sharing, but for sharing all the way through this journey. I mean, being a part of this is, you know, when you go through it together, and, and I'm sure... All of you listening, how many times have you helped others going through things and you align and you learn and you expand? And, you know, it was my, when it was, you know, a time where I needed it, I was resistant and I didn't want, you know, it's like, oh no, but I, you know, and it's, oh, you get upset. I'm the one causing everyone to be sad. So I felt guilty. It's time we release some of those head things and realize that we have opportunities for vulnerability to allow to allow. You know, I hear out there so much, why didn't I hug? I was afraid I would get emotional. What would have happened if I cried? What would have happened? What would have happened if I said I love you? Or what would have happened? People are sometimes so scared and so vulnerable that they're afraid they'll lose it emotionally. You know what? Okay. You know what? And then, then it seems like, oh, it's your dad coming in with this. If we're so resistant to that, then sometimes something comes in to give us something to cry about. And that's when our baby's not okay, meaning you. And so your allowing helped them, not just with their healing, but to hug you up with all the gumption and all the love inside them without any of what they were taught. You know, don't, don't hug too much, you'll spoil the baby, you'll do this, you'll do that. 
How many times were we told how to be instead of allowing our hearts to do it? So when you let go of what they might have learned and perpetuated, they don't need to be mad at that anymore because they're allowed to love fully. And for that, they're saying thank you. So we gift them with that opportunity. See, once again, I'm running off at the mouth, but it's them, not me. But thank you. Thank you. Ha. <laughs> any, any thoughts before we stop? Because, you know, we never stop. All our conversations, I, I have a, a lovely lady out there who is getting podcasts out there and doing some kind of beautiful work out there, and maybe she'll come on sometimes too. She always ends the conversation with to be continued. And you know what? I just got a wave. I, I understand why she does that. I was talking, uh, you know, when on the phone, I think, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk again soon. All of us love. It's always to be continued. And it's never broken, and it's never gone from us, and it's never somewhere else. It's wrapped around us. You can feel it. You can smell it. You can taste it. Your body is learning how to do it. They're teaching us. We're learning along with them. But allow the love. Just say yes. And whatever you don't know, ask. Because I got a hell of an awesome friend and her husband and life-changing soul family. And I'm so grateful. I asked about a book. And uh, not only was I, I, I got the best editor, and then that led me to the publishing house where I had the best editor, who, who is now a friend as well. And I often wondered how... How do you even align? Who's going to get you? Who could even understand this? But we're out there, and sometimes our need, when you go out there and you say something that's a little risky, you're going to collaborate. You know, it's just thinking about how um, in years gone by, I would put on, on forms at the kid's school or, or at a doctor, I would just write consultant, you know. And now, now I say spiritual medium. Every single time, if somebody's reading it, oh, do you see this or that? But usually, they want to tell me about their experience. We're all having them. We're all getting it. We're all loving and expanding. And obviously, if you're listening to this, you're aligning and expanding your intention wherever you're going and whatever you're doing. So thank you, because we're all part of this together. And it's expansive and magnificent, and it's all about love. So thank you, Mary Beth, for for answering the call, and I know you were vetted by God. So um, I, I didn't have to question. Thank you for hearing the call in more ways than I could have imagined because here's what happens when you look up and you ask. Divine consciousness can have an idea far grander than anything you could come up with. Allow them to help you out there. Collaborate and have fun. And remember with all your heart <laughs> that those who have passed, they are present. Thank you for sharing this energy in space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at MarilynCapp.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, 
The Angel Tarot Show. Each week you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.